we live in interesting times. Of course, I think there's some old Chinese proverb. Uh, that's kind of funny, I guess, in a way that it's Chinese, but there's a, there's an old Chinese proverb or uh, dare I say blessing <laughs> something along those lines that says, may you live in interesting times. And uh, we certainly have them. Of course, when aren't times interesting, really? I mean, it, I dare say there's always just always something interesting going on somewhere, somehow, even in your life, even the most bored person, if they just looked around, there's something interesting, but, and I imagine there's a lot of people who might be uh, kind of bored right now, or perhaps sweating or afraid or among other things. And uh, I am going to, Try, unlike the rest of the media and dare I say the rest of the podcast space to empathize with whatever the hell anybody is feeling, because whether regardless of what you think about what's going on right now with COVID-19, regardless of who you think's behind it, what's behind it. What's really going on? Is all the fear justified? Should everybody be staying home? Like what's happening in California now? They're basically forced to. Regardless of what you think about any of that, the fact is we are thrust into uh, a situation as really as as an entire planet. Um, In fact, speaking of planet, one of the things that, that kind of blew my mind um, actually a prediction I made on there is the episode of Sovereign Tech I did a couple of weeks ago called Have a Corona. There will be episodes of Sovereign Tech coming out this week. Don't worry. Um, but there's the episodes I did uh, or the episode I did about coronavirus and some degree of preparation, depending upon what was going on. And, you know, you take you pick and choose what works for you within that. Um, there's a prediction that came true out of that. I'll talk about it in a minute. And we have a couple questions to get into. We'll get into what we can here. Um, but I couldn't believe it that, that planet fitness shut down. Actually, most gym, um, uh, chains have shut down f- till at least March 31st. As far as I understand it, uh, there are gyms that maybe stayed open. I don't know, but, but at least until March 31st, um, yeah, I know planet fitness will be closed and it's every single one. As I understand it, it's basically every single one. Initially, they had kind of lessened their hours, and now they basically said, "Oh no, no, we're, we're you know we're just we're going to close for however long." So even if I am someone who thinks, and I know, and I'm not, but I know that there are people out there who do that. Oh, this is overblown. Oh, this isn't a big deal. Oh, more people die from car accidents or the flu or blah blah blah. You know, even if I were one of those kinds of people, it doesn't change the fact that there are aspects of my life that have changed, that have been forced upon me, right? Can't go to planet, can't go to the gym now, can't do, you know, whatever. So regardless of what the fuck you think about this, you are existing in a world that is kind of forcing the consequences of whatever's going on upon you. Now, when I get asked and believe me, I've been asked a lot. And one of the questions has to do with it. When I get asked about COVID-19, I mean, I I literally, I have people, you know, that I, uh, that I work with uh, people who, I mean, we're, we're talking, there's people who are, you know, CEOs or whatever. I mean, that, that asked me these questions and everything. And you know, well, what, what do you think's going on stallion? You know, I mean, they'll ask me and my response is pretty much always the same. 
uh, in that response is that I think there are multiple forces. Like you can't argue that COVID-19 is an actual, you know, virus. It's an actual disease going around, right? There's no argument about that. The severity, what needs to be done about it, things like that. That's, I think maybe that's where people get into arguments about the whole thing, but regardless, it's a real thing. Okay. Regardless of, uh, um, what's uh, of, I don't want to say vertical, uh, <laughs> but I guess regardless of severity, it's a real thing. And I tell people this, which I think is, I dare say it's unquestionable that there are multiple forces taking advantage of this. That doesn't mean that everybody's doing something. I mean, and this speaks to, I think, I don't know, was it a Q and a last where I talked about this? I, I don't really recall, or maybe it was in that episode, have a Corona of sovereign tech. Um, but I mean, you know, my, my opinion of what's going on has not changed at all. Okay. But bottom line, yeah, I think that there are multiple forces, uh, taking, taking real advantage of this, how that takes shape is, you know, is, is a whole other question. Okay. You know, like as in, cause, and, and I know this will surprise you, but I mean, I've literally heard from people who <laughs> you wouldn't expect it from them, right? Because whatever they're, they're doing well in life. Okay. And, and let's be, let's understand this. There are whole industries. There are, okay. There are industries that are absolutely getting hit by this. And in fact, not just hit, but tanking, right? Now market's going back up, you know, Bitcoin price went down below five, I think. And now it's back up well above six. I mean, it's kind of fluctuating and most cryptocurrencies are doing well again. Of course, they often ride the coattails of Bitcoin. So it's not a surprise, whatever. There are absolutely, and, and, and please, I know that some of my listeners, I'm trying, I know some of you work in these industries. And I said at the top, I said, I'm here to empathize with all of you because everybody's having to engage this in different ways. Okay. There, I have listeners who are immunocompromised. I have listeners who don't give a shit. I have lists all kinds. I hear you. Okay. I am not here to insult anyone other than people that won't wash their hands, but I would have insulted you before you fucking, you know, before coronavirus was a thing. All right. But I know I have listeners who are in the travel or, you know, the service industry overall restaurant industry and so on. And you are probably, unless you're like Domino's pizza, which there's a part of me that's just like, man, you know, Domino's just ain't quitting. <laughs> like, hey, hey, just keep on delivering, baby. <laughs> Which is a remarkable thing. I'm not saying I feel that way, like that that's necessarily a good thing. It's just you look at it and you go, wow. Because then, you know, you turn around and you look at GameStop, who who claim GameStop claims to be uh an essential uh an essential operation, you know, an essential industry that that has to be open. Uh no, you don't, motherfucker. In fact, you're not just not essential. You're also inconsequential and you have been for almost an entire generation of consoles. So go shit yourself. Uh, but whatever, anyway. <laughs> but I know that the, the restaurant business travel, you know, travel industry and so on. And, and then all of the industries outside of that, right. They have all been hit, you know, but then there are whole other aspects of this economy that, yeah, I mean, maybe they've dropped, uh, you know, their, their profit margins might've dropped quite a bit, but they're riding right along. 
And I've heard from CEOs where they've said, yeah, you know, as long as it goes, if it's only a couple of weeks that a lot of this goes this way, then, um, you know, it's not going to hurt us at all. Uh, you have people who say, well, but we won't have a vaccine for 18 months. So this could go on for 18 months. Or this could go on till the summer. And that's when things start to get scary. You know, I hear all these things and I know there are varying aspects, again, of industry, of the economy, I should say, that are really, really hit by this. I understand that. But then a lot of the, dare I say, the essentials, okay, um, they're, they're just, they're cruising along. And, and it speaks to something, some of this is going to be in an upcoming episode of Sovereign Tech. the media is really not helping with this. And, and like I said, I think podcasts aren't helping with this. And a lot of businesses aren't really helping with this. Like a lot of these businesses are putting out these emails. Like everybody's fucking putting on email. This is what we're doing because of COVID-19. This is how we, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and it's all like, they're just trying to garner customers. It's, it's very nasty. But then when a lot of these, especially smaller businesses that don't operate at such a grand scale, a lot of these businesses, when like the CEOs talk to each other, they're like, Oh, actually we're doing fine. You know, you know, like, like our, our, our businesses, we're, we're, we're kind of rolling along again. That's not every aspect of the economy. I know travel and restaurant leisure and service. I know that there are issues there. No one, I'm not disregarding that at all, regardless of whatever the fuck the reality is around what is being reported about COVID-19. Those industries are affected and that is a fact of life. I'm not taking anything away from that. I am saying that you have people who basically think civilization is crumbling and it's not. Okay. The other part to this, and, and, and this is the part that hurts that, that in many ways hurts a lot for me to say from kind of an ideological and ethical standpoint. I never before in my life have so much seen the, well, how to phrase this, how, how important churches used to be. Really, it's more about gathering places, but gathering places that everybody like felt they had to go to. And so they would, right? I mean, I know I even cracked about going to church and that if you did, you'd probably end up getting COVID-19. You know, uh, I cracked that joke in the have a Corona episode. But I think that if people actually, and, and look, oh, fuck, this is why this, because there are atheist atheist groups who I know have been trying to create like a atheist service that you can go to on Sundays to kind of replicate what the church provided. I don't think they actually understand what the church really provided. Okay. I don't think they have an actual understanding of history because it's not necessarily a sense of belonging. It was a sense of gauging reality based upon, because our sense of reality comes from a consensus of truth. Okay. And you could get a consensus of truth from, you know, going to whatever weekly gathering it had to be. I mean, it doesn't have to just be church, be synagogue, whatever. Okay. But I think that if everybody, because the place where I've seen this happen in microcosm is actually at gas stations where people will go into the gas station. You know, I mean, they're not shutting down. People will go into the gas station They'll go in to grab, you know, coffee or whatever, something quick. And 
the bulk of the people are, you know, everybody's like, wow, crazy, crazy times or whatever. But I mean, a lot of people are, are downright jovial in there. Now, are they just being stupid? Are they morons? Not, I don't necessarily think it's that because they're very, you know, down hokum. I feel a lot of these people just based on a quick gauge. And basically I feel that if people had a weekly gathering place that they went to and that like, you know, it wasn't an option, right? I mean, that's, that's why church was so effective, right? Because if you didn't go to church, whoo, baby, you know, <laughs> the earth's going to swallow you whole, you're going to kiss some hellfire or whatever. But if they had a place where they all could come together, I think people would be able to act far more rationally and engage this far more rationally and perhaps have a sense of the reality around them that they could grasp and they could trust more because of course it's hyper local, but that they could trust more and not buy into whatever the fuck some celebrity who is meaningless is telling you what, um, what the news, you know, the, 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 uh, whatever the national news, I mean, does local news even matter? They basically just regurgitate national news. Uh, what the national news is telling you, whatever these massive companies, these big companies are, are telling you. Um, and you could, you could get a real sense of what this means to you and the businesses around you could actually know how to react, not based upon mandates from on high, you know, be it at the governor's office or the president's office or whatever, and fuck them, but whatever. Okay. But they could actually get a genuine sense of, wait, what's going on? How are things going? And you check in once a week and is everybody dead? How are we doing? You know, and, and you can go forward with that. I don't want to, unlike a lot of businesses, a lot of companies, governments, and authoritarian structures, I don't want to take advantage of the situation. And you know, it's not just authoritarian structures. Fuck every podcast. Fuck every, I mean, go, go down the, the goddamn list of it. I have been nothing less than annoyed at, I mean, you know, you thought I, I thought I hated Hollywood before COVID-19. Now I really hate Hollywood. And basically there's, there's not an actor, director, whatever in the bunch that I have any fucking respect for, except for the ones that have just sat back and kept their mouths shut because what they have to say means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. No one asked them what they think. They just think they have some kind of power or some kind of responsibility to do good. And they're doing the exact opposite. Gal Gadot singing Imagine by John Lennon is the most imagine no property gal. That is the most insulting fucking thing. I've one of the most insulting things I've seen in my life. It's ridiculous. Um, but anyway, so online, everybody kind of feels like I mean, speaking to that, everybody kind of feels like they're all in this together and most people are wanting to communicate online and all this stuff. And all that's very piss poor because again, what is, how do you gather information online for what's going on? If you're stuck in your home and you're just gathering information online, you're getting it from national news, which doesn't say really anything to what's going on for you in your area and how you should react or how you should prepare. Okay. Everybody wants simple solutions, simple answers, all this crap. When that's just not possible, you can't not on that scale. You can get simple solutions and simple answers when you handle it at a much smaller scale 
And I mean a much smaller scale. There are no simple answers. Once you start, when you, when you bring in such a critical mass, you cannot, it is impossible. It is impossible. Let me say it one more time. It is impossible to have simple solutions, to have, uh, you know, like fast and dirty solutions, like one size fits all solutions. That's not even remotely possible. It's just not. There's an absolute lack of rationality in the reaction to this. And now, like I said, I don't, and where I was going with this, I don't want to take advantage of the situation, but I would like, and I would like to be part of the solution. Okay. I would like for this to be, and this is going to get into one of the questions uh, for this week. I would like it if what came out of this is similar to, you know, kind of what came out of the great depression for a little while until world war two hit back. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to say on some of that because you know, there's a million theories going on. Like I said, there is not, if you think there's something off about this whole thing, let me assure you, there is not just like we were just saying, there is not just one reason. There are, like I said, multiple forces taking advantage of this on a lot of different scales. You think Hollywood's not taking advantage of this? Are you kidding me? This is letting them like reset everything and, you know, and, and not worry about shit for a while. Uh, I mean, this is only slow. You know, it's not. I mean, yeah, they said Hollywood's going to take like a, or the entertainment industry is going to take something like a $17 billion hit or something. Um the part that people don't realize is that is that's chump change compared to the budgets that they put out there to create 90% of the shit that, that they, that they regurgitate or the, you know, that they vomit out um, of California or wherever they happen to be. That's nothing that that's like a tax break to them. You understand? Don't, don't boo hoo the fucking entertainment industry. Not for a second. Okay. This is just them. Like they are buying more time because it's an industry that, you know, they, they have set themselves up to fail based upon the scale that they have to, the, the scale at which they have to make money. So yeah, this is just buying them time. There's so many companies, there's so many industries that are absolutely using this as a reset point and to just buy some more time and to write off to investors. This is one way to get investors off your back, right? Say, well, shit, COVID-19, sorry, we couldn't do well this quarter or two quarters or whatever, you know, I mean, you, yeah, you're out of luck, but you know, this, this is, this is what happens. And, and they, they kind of keep rolling on, uh, or maybe they have something in their claws where they can get out of there, you know, some, some, like, uh, some, some hurricane claws more or less. So that's just one example. Is the government taking advantage of this? I'm sure in certain ways they are right. Like Rahm Emanuel said so many years ago, you never let a good crisis go to waste. And I mean, we watched Big Orange say it right on right at the Rose Garden. He said specifically that, you know, we have, you know, we're, we're, we're bypassing all kinds of laws. I mean, he just straight up said it. It's like, yeah, we're going to completely ignore the laws. Uh, you know, so many laws so that we can, you know, get something done about this. You think there isn't going to be other shit that gets, you know, snuck in <laughs> along with all that? Of course there is. Uh, I, again, you've got to grasp this multiple forces 
multiple forces taking advantage of this. And I'm very key phrasing, taking advantage of. That's not saying it's not real. That's not saying there aren't real repercussions, that people aren't in danger, et cetera, et cetera. No one, uh, no one at Sovereign Tech and not me is saying anything like that. I am saying to you that understand there are multiple forces taking advantage of this. And the first step to thinking rationally about it is accepting that first and not looking for one big, bad evil to be behind this or for, you know, one, even one big, bad, and dare I say bad, one big, bad solution. Okay. To all of this. This kind of thing, uh, I mean, projections I've heard, you know, this sort of thing happen, is going to be happening like every three years. Uh, I'm really, you know, some of the, the verbiage that's, that, that, that's out there that's really bothering me is people saying, we're never going to go back to normal after this. Um, now that... That's marketing tactics right there. Okay. Uh, this is some forces wanting to take advantage of this, be it political, economic, you know, corporatist, whatever. Okay. That kind of, again, I, but I accept the nature of how the world economy works right now. Okay. And how world travel works and all this other stuff. I get that because of that, this is something that sure can happen every three years. Okay. I understand that. Do I think there are genuine solutions to all this on a, on a global level? I mean, there are solutions. There's not just one. Okay. There, 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 there are a few and you know, certainly I could get into those, but I'll tell you what's not a solution. And that's the, what's being termed as, you know, what I always called the world Amazon domination tour or the Amazon world domination tour. Now people actually have another word for it. I wish they would have taken mine, but I get it. There's works a little better and that's Amazonification. Okay. There's lots of articles going around now. How, Oh, like this is basically, you know, uh, uh, well, I wish it vilified, but it vindicated the Amazon business model when ironically it really doesn't right? because this idea of Amazon being a monopoly or a monopsony is a central point of failure that would allow for this, for the spread of this sort of thing anyway. But regardless of that, that's going on. And one of the, one of the kind of the questions and points I want to get to in this Q and a actually deals directly with Amazon and why you really don't want that. But you know, I, I what I want to talk about, cause I didn't get to it real quick is w- what I hope comes out of this. And like I said earlier, kind of what came out of the great depression, that there is a complete reassessment of the way we live. Now I'm not saying that we need to, I'm not saying that people need to do social distancing, which apparently by definition is um, you have to lessen 75% of your social interactions. Okay. I am not suggesting that. Okay. What I am suggesting or what I am saying is that we have a good hard look at what matters and what doesn't matter. Okay. And that maybe there is a not because I imagine there's a lot of people that want to take like a nationalistic approach to this. No, that, that, that never does any good. 
but a relocalization. But I'm, I'm not saying nationalism because you're not going to have nationalism at the level of a few thousand people. Right. Okay. Um, that's not going to work because that's how you end up with armies. But I mean, just a, you know, personally getting in touch at a very local level again. Okay. And reassessing what actually matters. You know, do you really need that? Whatever the fuck it is you just bought. Um, does, you know, is that show so goddamn important to watch is blah, blah, blah. I mean, all these different things. I just, I hope people walk away with this understanding what we said in the, the, you know, the last sovereign tech I did about coronavirus, that society is incredibly fragile. And really the only way you can be anti-fragile is by simplifying, but you can only simplify at a local level. You cannot, you cannot, it is impossible to simplify at a national level, at a global level, whatever, simplify our lives at, at, I mean, even if it's right down to the household, go as low as you want. Writing off individualism here isn't going to help shit. Okay. I mean, it, 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 it's really not. So I grant you that I think the real solutions to all this would actually take far more than 18 months. Okay. Uh, because I mean, you're, you're basically, you're upending the very way that we do things. Don't have everything go online, have everything in my opinion, go hyperlocal, create a biodiversity within even the global economy, which there hasn't been that in forever. I mean, you, you know, that just from the money supply, right? Or, or not the money supply, but like, the amount of, you know, this is something I used to bring up when I would speak at conferences. Um, as far as Bitcoin goes, a fact, a factoid that I'd bring up many times is that a hundred years ago, there were over a thousand currencies that were regularly traded around the world, or that were regularly in use and circulated around the world over a thousand. Now there's barely a hundred. Okay. And the thing to understand about fragility is that the less options you have, the more fragile everything is, right? So I'm not saying I have all the answers. I think, you know, looking back to, or not looking back because that, you know, people will just levy nostalgia and other horseshit against you. But I think considering this doesn't mean you live in a world without technology or that you go back to horse and buggy or anything like that. No one's suggesting that that's that Silicon Valley marketing again on you again, right? Where they're saying, well, if we don't have Google search, we might as well go back to woodcuts for newspapers. No jackass. Okay. <laughs> there was an internet before Google existed in case you didn't know. But a reassessment, a, some degree, a resimplification that allows for a, a hardening and a resiliency that we've forgotten we used to have, that we used to be able to, uh, to, to, to handle. Because again, I mean, the, yeah, do I, do I think that this sort of thing's going to happen? You know, every few years we're going to run into this sort of thing. Sure. Again, do we want to talk about like the potential solutions and all of that? Like, wait a minute, how is this thing even jumping species in the first place? 
Uh, you know, and then you have India coming out and say, well, it's because of the meat eaters and everybody's like, no, eating meat is fine. And it's like, well, wait a minute and see this. And again, this is when you get into those online conversations, there's a complete lack of nuance. It's not that, you know, eating meat is the problem. It's the preparing, it's the, the cutting of the animal, the handling of the meat to where it gets to the store shelf or whatever. That's where the jumping and, and things like this kind of, you know, can happen. Um, that's folks, I'm not knocking meat eaters here. Okay. I am just trying to illustrate to you that there are things that could be done that could prevent some of this stuff at a lower level, but no one's going to buy into that because holy fuck, you want to talk about, <laughs> you want to talk about an industry getting fucked, tell everybody to become vegetarian or something. And wow, are you going to see far more jobs go down the wayside than anything COVID-19 could do, right? So is anybody going to actually talk about that kind of solution? No. But this is the nuance that nobody's willing to consider, that nobody's willing to take on. No one's willing to be rational. So anyway, we spent half this Q&A kind of talking about this. I think a lot of people I know, because I've gotten the emails, a lot of people have wanted me to discuss it. They've wanted me to, to come out there and say something. And, you know, I, here, I'm going to say this here. I want to say it. I want to say it on a, on a Sovereign Tech proper, and I probably will at some point. But, you know, there's always a right time. But I want to say this here. For the love of shit, I am not a thought leader. Stop looking for thought leaders. This is one of the biggest problems with this whole situation is that it, the amount of people that I feel like I have just instantly see turn into followers, and I don't mean towards me, I mean towards whoever, is mind-boggling to me. Mind-boggling. I, I don't, I don't get it. You're anarchists. I mean, we're, we're born anarchists. We know that, that, you know, <laughs> I would hope that we'd know that we wouldn't be looking towards leaders, that we wouldn't be looking towards people too. And, and, and it's crazy too, because, you know, look, and, and I don't like it. I, I, I have, uh, uh, some, some fingers in the pies of PR agencies, right? And the stories going around now, you know, are, it's all about leadership pieces from companies. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't tell people to do that. You know, like allow people to, to, to converse, think rationally about themselves, let them handle it. Uh, uh, and I know, believe me, I know also that people are stupid. And what do we do about that? Well, Really? Are, are we really going to start arguing for legislating against stupidity? And, and, you know, if you think so, if you think that we need to start legislating against stupidity, I mean, you can make the argument to me. You could say, well, this is unprecedented. Well, I mean, you know, what's another solution for this here? Here's a grand scale solution for you. Let's get to another fucking planet that way when, you know, I mean, that was one of the, and we've brought this up many times in the show. One of the arguments for becoming a multiplanetary species is so that if a disease on one planet wipes out humanity, humanity survives on. Okay. Well, let, 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 let's fucking get to it. Is anybody talking about that? No, you should be doubling down on that conversation right now. Okay, fine. We have to, uh, it, hmm. <laughs> this is real. I, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not real. I'm just saying that like th there is a complete lack of rationality in the conversation around this complete lack. Okay. 
look, I, I could talk about this forever. Okay. So I'm just going to, we, we, we got to have a cutoff point and I'm just going to say this. Okay. Foster personal relationships. If you don't already have strong personal relationships, at least with a couple people, okay, that you could count on life or death, foster some strong relationships because those are the only real things that are going to get you through situations like this. Okay. Uh, regardless of what happens. And if everybody's going to die, well, at least you're not doing it alone, huh? That's all I'm going to say about this. This, uh, I'm not saying there aren't people having rational conversations. There are people out there having rational conversations and I appreciate it and I read them and I look into them and I think it's great. Okay. But then there are, are a lot of people that just are not. And the lack of rationality is being fostered by the media authorities, businesses themselves. They are complicit in, in the situation, in the lack of rationality. So why, when you'd give up your rationality, you'd want to hand over authority to other people that are actually not allowing you or trying to, you know, that, that aren't allowing you to be rational. I mean, th this is, the, this is circular logic that, that I can't even grasp. Anyway, let's move on. Um, this was a, a bit of an interesting situation. I mentioned this earlier the concern around everything going online, right? Um, and not going to even something as simple, perhaps, as going to your local bookstore. Now, folks, look, I am a huge fan of ebooks, and actually, this situation bolsters my uh, my my belief uh, in, at the very least, having ebooks as an option. Um, I am a I love going to a bookstore all the same. Uh, Ellen and I, whenever we happen to be in the town to do it, we will go to a bookstore. Um, I mean, it is, it is just a beautiful, wonderful thing. Um, books are a beautiful thing that have survived many a cata catastrophic uh, situation that has occurred throughout human history. And I was bothered when a Sovereign Tech uh, listener informed me in the Sovereign Tech Telegram group that the book, which we reviewed on a Q and a, okay. And not entirely, I mean, you know, I wasn't hundred percent favorable about it, obviously. Okay. Um, as most people that actually talk about this book aren't, you know, even if they're someone that, it, that puts the book out there, they're not supportive of its entirety of message. Okay. Uh, but you know, for an example, so I am ethnically Jewish and I have been on record many times as someone who would have been a victim of this book of saying that I don't think Mein Kampf should ever go out of print. I think it should always be available. There should be plenty of copies uh, to go around to warn people so they can see what that brand of authoritarianism and tyranny looks like, and they know when it's coming again. So I, I'm not one for banning any book, regardless of how horrible, stupid, deplorable, whatever, pick your term, it is. One book that has recently been republished, that being uh, Might is Right, and it's the authoritative edition by Trevor Blake, uh, has been removed for sale from Amazon. 
Now it's ironic because Bezos is on the record of saying that basically what I had just said that, you know, regardless of how horrible a book or whatever, we're going to make sure that it's out there. Now, Amazon is a, and we've talked about this recently too. Uh, in fact, we had this conversation, we were talking about the EMF book and so on is that like, you, you know, you have some of these like prepper guys and other people who, or alternative health guys who will rightfully get into concerns around privacy with Google and everything, but then they lead you right to Amazon to buy their book. And it's like, well, wait a minute, if you're worried about Google, uh, you know, you're going to take that really hard stance. Shouldn't you be telling people they should be shopping at alternatives to Amazon? Oh, but they don't. Right. Hypocritical. Sure. Uh, practical that too. (laughs) And I, and I, I can, I can, you know, grok that. Okay. I can understand what you're, you know, what, what you're going through there. But this is the thing is that Amazon is such a force in books and not just books. I mean, eBooks, printed books, audiobooks. It's a force in all of those. When Amazon delists or effectively bans a book, right? Um, well, I mean, the author obviously is going to take a huge hit, uh, in revenue. Okay. And if you're the kind right now, that's concerned about hits in revenue, well, then have some empathy for these people. Okay. Um, there's going to be a huge hit in revenue. And I, I mean, you know, as in the world we live in today, you know, that isn't hyper-local, uh, you know, I mean, they're in, they're in a lot of trouble. And basically that is going to send the unconscious signal that, well, I can't say anything I want to in a book, et cetera, because I dare not have my book get taken down by Amazon. And so you'll end up playing by Amazon's rules. This is the danger of the Amazonification. Okay. Of, of everything. Because you create a central point of control over what can get sold what can, I mean, and, and, you know, something that that's interesting. I mean, I know there's some companies that have fortunately, like they've foundationally set themselves up so that they can survive without Amazon, but we already have the reports that Amazon has stopped order lists from other companies, you know, that they stock, that Amazon stocks its own, uh, uh, shelves effectively, you know, it's, it's, uh, warehouses with, um, but they have stopped as of like a couple of weeks ago. Now, uh, they have stopped sending out order shipments. Like I said, there's some companies who fortunately they already have like a direct to consumer relationship where they can survive past that. But a lot of companies have become reliant upon the, upon that order from Amazon that comes in every week and now they're fucked. And the irony is, is that it's fucking with businesses and entrepreneurs, but then you've got everybody now saying, well, we better order fucking everything on Amazon, you know, and look, I order online too. Um, I mean, fortunately, you know, I, I have, I've been coming along slowly to trying to buy more and more off of Amazon, but this is, this is the, you know, this is the danger of this happening. Um, so the book, I don't even think I said what the book was, or maybe I did, but it was, yeah, might is right by, uh, of course, Ragnar Redbeard. Now we know who Ragnar Redbeard is, et cetera. But anyway, uh, Trevor Blake ended up getting the book taken down. Of course it was done through underworld amusements, blah, blah, blah. Um, th- th- this is, this is bad. Okay. This is, this is really, really bad, but then also understand this is why, because you could say, well, this is uh, speaking out against eBooks. No, this is, this is why I buy rare books or books that aren't available electronically. And I get them professionally scanned 
and they, you know, it's a, it's in PDF, which almost every device on the fucking planet can read a PDF and it's available, you know, in the most widespread format possible, no DRM, whatever. And, and I put them out there and, you know, whoever wants them and wants them for free, I don't give a shit, take them, have them, just make sure it gets, they are out there and that Amazon can't fucking shut them down. There are other situations that happen too. I think uh, actually the same listener uh, informed me that um, just a brilliant guy. He he informed me that um, uh, the unique in a, unique in its property, the book by uh, Max Sterner, which uh, boy that book is certainly needed now. Um, the unique in its property is which was the the, the newest translation by Wolfie Lonstriker. Uh, that the, the company that publishes that like they they've more or less gone out of business again. I've got an ebook that, that I had made of it and, you know, people can have it, whatever, and, and put it out there. Uh, I mean, when you consider, you know, kind of what, what many people consider the disastrous scenarios we're in right now, we got to do, you know, it's, it's good to be a librarian, right? It's good to want to preserve knowledge when you're dealing with these kinds of situations, because the more knowledge you have and that you apply it with wisdom, you know, which becomes wisdom, then the more rationally you can engage in any situation. So, you know, trying to preserve knowledge is a, and art is a fine and dandy thing. So it makes us who we are. But Amazon would uh, rather have control and say, yeah, no, we're, we're not going to let this book out there. And that's a problem because even a book like Midas Right, I could, if you wanted to, you could put it up there with, um, and I think we're going to learn more about now that we know who the author of that is, I think maybe we can shine a better light on what the fuck was being said in might is right. Cause it's like when we reviewed it, I mean, it's a very contradictory book. It doesn't make a whole ton of sense. Uh, regardless, those kinds of books, you know, if you're concerned about what's in might is right, well, you better hope that it stays in publication. That way you can look out for it. Right. And you can, you, you know, the language that you're concerned about. And when somebody utters said language, Okay. You can take action upon it early. Banning books doesn't work. I mean, it's the same thing. It's with the same with everything. Banning YouTube channels and YouTube videos, even though I have no real sympathy for the people that it happens to in a very real, I mean, more or less, because that doesn't even like cost anything. I mean, printing a book like might is right. I mean that, you know, there, there's production costs in that. Uh, regardless, banning you, you know, just because somebody's fucking extreme on YouTube or whatever. No, 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 no. Have them out there. That way people can make the debunking videos over what that ass hat is saying, right? Burying knowledge doesn't solve shit. Never does. Never does. Making it readily available. That's always, you know, what leads to whatever solutions, you know, happen to present themselves. So yeah, uh, this is bad that Amazon, we have absolute proof that Amazon is engaging in banning books. Might want to get the fuck away from that company. Uh, a great solution. I mean, one that I've been engaging in quite a bit is of course going, you know, using eBay. Uh, eBay has in many ways, uh, you know, it's certainly not the same animal that it was when I was growing up. Uh, eBay has in many ways just become a retail store, but then at the same time, it's also become a great place to, to get your hands on, on things that really when Amazon doesn't have it, in fact, uh, Amazon's in such a, such a situation right now, uh, planned or not where I can get stuff shipped faster from eBay than I can from Amazon. So now it, Granted, eBay doesn't have as, 
I mean, I think eBay, the return policy isn't as fast, but I think eBay's return policy is just as solid. And eBay has, as someone who I actually, I sell stuff on eBay. I mean, eBay size with the buyers, uh, like 9.9999 times out of 10. So their return policy is on. It's just, it could take a while for you to get your money back. Sometimes I'm aware of that, but I mean, I think that's a totally valid way to, to go about this. Um, that's one of those steps towards, I think, actually getting hyper-local again, right? So anyway, um, ah, boy. Yeah. So Amazon, no, 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 no. Don't, don't buy into the Amazonification that everybody's talking about. Uh, for fuck's sake, don't. Um, I got a question here that has to do with COVID-19. I'm debating on holding off on it for, well, I'll, I'll, I actually got a lot of these and I, and I summed them up on my, on my little, little Patreon doc here, or I mean my little patron doc. Uh, and it's, if you thought this was the worst case scenario, what would you do? I mean, I, I guess I could start talking about it, but in many ways I already talked about what, you know, what to do. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'll touch on this a little bit. You know, if I thought that this was like the fucking end, you know, like this, this was it and civilization was going to collapse or, or whatever. Or I thought that this was, you know, it, it, it's funny. I mean, the one thing that I do agree with, like I said, all the problems with people saying we're never going back to normal, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I, God, I fucking hate that language. Or I'm sorry, Satan, I hate that language. One of the things I agree with is that because I've said it long before they did, of course, shock that sovereign tax well ahead of the curve. No, that's, that's the show's MO. Um, now they're all basically admitting we live in a dystopia. Like now, now most news organizations are, are effectively willing to admit that. Right. And I've been saying that for years that, that I think we already live basically in a science fiction dystopia. Okay. Um, I, I guess if I was to answer this in brief, I mean, certainly I, if I really thought this was the end, um, as quickly as I could, I would, I, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, it, it's, it's basic survival scenario. I would get my hands. I would, you know, lower my load, lessen my load as it were. Okay. And that doesn't mean I'd come everywhere. No, I mean, like I would get rid of all the non-essentials. I would sell them. Speaking of eBay, I'd sell them all on eBay, right? I'd sell all my starships, whatever, get rid of everything, all that kind of crap. I probably, I wouldn't wear camouflage because that just looks stupid. Everybody that wears camouflage looks like a moron. Um, and you could take that statement right to the bank. In fact, you know, haha. earlier I told you there was a prediction. There was where, where I said where I would start to take this, you know, pretty seriously is when the banks would start to shut down and cut their hours and all this other stuff that absolutely happened. So yeah, uh, I get it anyway. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you don't think this is going to be used for some, uh, uh, some, some Jubilee style, uh, 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 debt cancellation, you know, by big businesses and whatever else. So you better believe it's going to happen anyway. Um, yeah, I, I would try to convert everything into currency as much as I can currency. And then really like I, I'd probably end up, like I said, everybody that wears camel looks like an absolute idiot and positively ridiculous. And I, I, I would spare uh, no expense to, you know, laugh uh, 
it's, or, you know, I spare no chance, I should say, to laugh at people that do that. And I do it in public. Um, like I've seen guys at the gym and I'll just kind of like walk by chuckling, you know, when, when they're wearing camo and everything. Um, but that's not to say that more utilitarian, even though I don't like utilitarianism as a philosophy, but, you know, just in a more abstract, uh, more utilitarian clothing and everything. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably be getting into wearing that and, uh, just, you know, having a mindset, which is where all solutions come from. Ultimately having a mindset of, um, you know, that, that basically I am like in dystopian occupied territory. Like that, that's, that's, that's basically what, how I would be thinking. And I, you know, that doesn't mean that I wouldn't be, uh, that I'd be constantly unhappy or something. No, uh, you know, actually you might find that when you have so much less shit that you'll be exceptionally happy because of that. Um, and a lot less worries to engage, you know, again, dystopia or the end, uh, for whatever reasons. Um, yeah. And I would just, you know, uh, spend my time connecting more with people, talking with people, uh, books are still a great and wonderful thing and would be reading quite a bit and, uh, just trying to be as knowledgeable and, uh, you know, kind of live up to that, almost that Robert Heinlein, uh, uh, quote where he says, you know, specialization is for ants and, you know, a human being should be able to start a fire and do all this other crap. I would definitely be actively working towards being able to do that and living in such a way that, you know, that I could, is everybody able to do that sort of thing? Of course not. We all have different capabilities, tolerances. And, and I say this with absolute respect, handicaps amongst other things, you know, and I'm not knocking anybody for that. That's how we are. We're born different. Um, but you know, maximizing my ability on that. Um, and I'd be, you know, living a very leave no trace, um, you know, kind of as little footprint as possible lifestyle as I could. Uh, would I have a bunch of cryptocurrency? Sure. Because <laughs> if any currency is going to survive, it'll be that. Uh, I mean, look, folks. Okay. And, and look, I, if you want to invest in gold and all this other stuff, fine and dandy. Okay. Speaking of, of classic talks, I used to give at conferences. I, I used to give a, a talk called, is Bitcoin more real than gold? If civilization collapsed tomorrow, I hope that when it, when, or if it re-arises, okay, that it is not based upon the value of something being pretty. Okay. That it is not based around gold. So the, <laughs> the idea, okay. That somehow, Oh, I, I better, you know, have all the gold that I can and blah, blah, blah. Look, that's fine. And I understand why it makes the world go around in a very real way that we live in right now. But if everything's going to collapse, uh, I hope it doesn't come back with gold as somehow some kind of, you know, backing for it. Okay. Like if we're going to actually grow up from all this stuff, um, I hope we grow beyond that. And that's getting into a much larger conversation, but you know, let's, let, let's, let's call it folks. Uh, <laughs> you know, if it gets that bad to where everything shut down, right. Um, I don't think gold's going to do you any good. In fact, I mean, we already saw, which granted it wasn't actually a shortage. It was just panic buying. Um, you know, we already saw what I have said for many years on sovereign tech. And that is the one thing you do want to invest in is toilet paper. Of course, you don't want to do it in a way that, that, you know, wherever you buying it, uh, keeps everybody else from having it because I mean, really, come on, you can only shit yourself so much. But that panic buying, I mean, that, that boy, that was fucking depressing watching people beat each other up over trying to get their hands on toilet paper. 
folks, there's plenty of toilet paper. <laughs> okay. It might not be down the street, but there's plenty of it out there. Stop. Oh man. That again, lack of rationality. And do I expect the government to be able to solve that? No. So yeah, having a, a good supply, you know, you've done some long-term, you want to do some long-term investing, do some long-term investing in, in toilet paper. And then, I mean, you know, maybe you could even, if, if you want to, uh, you could engage in some trade. Here's some toilet paper. I'll take, uh, you know, uh, a new plow and, uh, you know, maybe uh, some of that, that chewing tobacco over there. I, I don't know. Let's <laughs> you know I mean? say we're going back to the Oregon trail or something, but uh, yeah, you get my point, but that that's, that's what I would do. If I thought it was like the end, okay, I would be doing some of which I talked about in, in, in the, the, uh, you know, have a Corona episode where you just live well beneath your means again, uh, you know, leave no trace, little footprint, uh, have very anti-fragile technologies at my disposal, uh, have hearty stuff and make myself even heartier as much as I could possibly do. And that's it. You know, like there, there's no, there's no grand secrets to all this other stuff. Everything else that people tell you to do is that they're just selling you something. Okay. And I made, that's why I made it abundantly clear in that episode that I was making no money off of any of the recommendations that I made. Um, because I have, at the instant that that becomes a part of it, you, you start to lose a lot of the, you know, solutions that everybody can do and that aren't reliant upon things outside of your control. So anyway, uh, don't want to end this off on a sour note. Actually, it's still kind of a sour note, but it is a note because I want to end this with our, uh, with, well, our album of the week as we often do, because the music industry doesn't seem to have stopped. Even though I was really disappointed. I was actually really happy that Pearl Jam canceled their tour. I was like, well, okay, I guess that's one silver lining to all, to this whole COVID-19 thing. You know, that, that guy's voice, those, those sound waves from that idiot, you know, don't have to travel throughout the, uh, the, the world and that's good. But then fuck an A, I just saw that Pearl Jam actually came out with an album today. So whatever. Uh, but that's not stopping anything. Of course, nobody buys albums anymore. So, you know, it wasn't going to take a hit anyway. Uh, but <laughs> that is not my recommendation. My recommendation, it's actually not a recommendation. There's one, one really good song on it and the album overall is pretty good. Um, but it was actually pretty disappointing. And this is a, album that came out by one of my favorite bands, which is Lordy and it's L O R D I. And they came out with an album called Killection. Now here's the thing with this album. Okay. It it's designed and, and really, I think this is just kind of, and I hate to say this because I think they're a great band and, and I think they're very, very creative and, and they have, they write just tremendous music most of the time. Um, I think that this is some degree of creative laziness because what they said they wanted to do is, is they wanted to make an album that sounded like it came out of like the 1970s. Okay. But it sounded like a greatest hits compilation. Well, it kind of sounds like it came out of the seventies, but as far as it being any kind of greatest hits compilation, it definitely didn't land like that because the only good song on here is actually co-written by Paul Stanley, of course, of kiss my favorite band. Uh, and it's called like a bee to the honey. It's a great song. I, I really like it. very smooth, very, very sexy little, little, little metal song. The rest of the album though. Nah. I mean, there's like a funny story going on throughout it with like this radio DJ. And I kind of dig that, but 
I don't know what they were going for. I know what they were going, what they say they were going for with this album. But again, it didn't really land that way. Um, I, I was very unimpressed, uh, especially when their last album was that Sexorcism was one of their best. So I was really disappointed by this. I was surprised actually at how banal I, I really felt that it was. Um, I, I didn't dig it that much. So anyway, uh, Kill Action by Lordy. I mean, you can check it out that Like a Bee to the Honey song was actually really, like I said, I like that a lot, but the rest of it, eh, eh, I mean, it's okay, but eh, it, it's just, it doesn't hit the the high strides of, you know, Hard Rock Hallelujah or uh, Could You Love a Monster Man um, or even uh, Let's Go Slaughter He-Man, probably my favorite song by by them. It just, it wasn't at those levels. So anyway, uh, check it out if you want. Kill Action by Lordy. I mean, if you're stuck at home, you know, go for it. <laughs> I mean, I've worked from home for years. So, you know, that that part hasn't been a major change for me. Uh, I have gotten some questions of, you know, how to work from home and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, maybe I could get into that in, in somewhat future Q&As if this is something that's really going to end up being more long-term. Um, but anyway, Stay safe out there, folks. Okay, that's that's what I'm going to say on this. Stay safe. Uh, and 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 any any podcaster that claims to like have all the answers or that it, well, just be careful. Okay, what you're listening to and and what you're reading, you know, because there, like I say, there are multiple forces wanting to take advantage of the situation. I have no interest in taking advantage of the situation. Okay, in fact, if anything, you're going to see soon. I'm doing quite the opposite. And, uh, yeah, just, just, just guard your mind as much as your body right now. Okay. That'll be it for this Q and a episodes of sovereign tech to come out over the next few days. And that, and I did say plural, I will see all of you on the other side.